Hey guys, what's good? It's your boy Godfrey Ali. Hope you're all doing good. And welcome to another episode of the Equaplatu Church Youth Ministry Podcast. Today on our show, we have Toby Salau and our very own smooth talker, Barista Nanquat Quatbuck. Together, they'll be talking about the topic, charting a course. Please sit tight and enjoy the show. I'm certain you'll be wholesomely edified by the end of this talk. So enjoy. Charting the course. You know, when I, when I hear the topic, charting the course, Several things come to mind. You know, because when you talk about uh, chat, I remember when we used to plot uh, mm-hmm. charts mm-hmm. back in school. Yeah. And, you know, it's a maze of uh, you know, those tiny little boxes in the, what do you call it, in the graph book, graph right? Sheets, yes, yes, in the graph sheet. And you are, when you're chatting, when you're chatting a what do they call now, chatting a graph mm-hmm. or plotting a graph, right. you are, it's something like finding your way around those tiny little boxes wow. and bringing up an image or a pattern mm-hmm. or a picture of some sort, you know, to, yes. to try and create it. So when I hear chatting the course, it brings back some of uh, those memories from school and it it reminds me of the nature of life. Mm. Life is like uh, that uh, graph, that graph sheet with a lot of tiny boxes, so many issues when you're trying to navigate. And it's, it's our responsibility to our job at the end of our lives to have plotted a discernible pattern, mm-hmm. a discernible picture. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of everybody's life, there's usually a pattern that can be observed. There's usually a graph that would have been charted, you know, whether deliberately or, or inevitably. But I think um, everyone would have plotted a graph of some sort by the way he lives. So when I hear charting the course, it reminds me of that sort of a thing. You know, it brings to memory like trying to figure out your way around, trying mm-hmm. to establish a pattern, trying to find your way around because life is is funny you know you get to live life only once (laughs) and and sad yes you live life only once it's not like okay my other life i did this it was it didn't work out well so let me try doing this one in my present life no you don't have that luxury or let me do it like this in this present life in my next life i will improve on it do you get it and you also don't have the privilege of living more than one Mm. like you cannot live the life the different roles that you play in life is going to still be in the same life that's right so for instance i do not get a second opportunity to live the life of the child that i was i will not get a second opportunity to live the life of the parents that i am Mm. it's going to be the same life you don't get to live it twice so it's you know so you have to chat a course you have to to chat a course you have to figure it out you have to find your way around it last thing it brings to mind this topic is a compass Mm. you can't chat a course without a compass Mm -hmm. even when you're plotting a graph there are usually figures that's the question isn't it the question has some some figures that you try and locate on on the graph before you are able to get your your pattern. So 
you can't chart a course without a compass. That's right. Uh, I don't know too much about how compasses work, mm-hmm. but I do know <coughs> that there's always... I mean, a compass is, is a very rigid thing. Uh, so, for instance, if I'm holding a compass and this is north right up in front of me, this is the true north, and I turn in the opposite direction, that's um, 180 degrees, and I turn in the opposite direction, now that direction will not become the north simply because I'm facing that direction. The north will now be behind me. Mm-hmm. So one thing about a compass is that it's very rigid. It's always showing you the north. That's always going to be the north. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter where you face. Right. It doesn't matter which direction you're moving. You may say, okay, I want to go southeast, or I want to go northwest, or, you know, whatever it is. But the north will always be the north. It's fixed. It's, it's rigid. It's unchanging. It's unmoving. So it, it, it just brings a lot of, um, you know, that's the imagery that comes to my mind when I think about the topic, chatting the course. Toby, let me hear. What do you think about it? Yeah, thank you, Nankwat. You know, when you were sharing your thoughts about charting a course, one of the things that came to mind was one of the uh, deliberate devotionals I read many years ago. Wow. And it was something like, look, at the end of our lives, right, the picture of the puzzle of our lives will now be seen full screen. The little, little pieces that we did not understand or that we're going through, some of them were pain, some of them were gain, some of them were beautiful experiences, some of them were sad experiences, that God is using those little, little puzzles to put, bring out a beautiful picture of our lives. Mm-hmm. That's if we live the lives according to how God is directing. So chatting a course is simply... Preparing for a journey, anticipating a journey, and preparing for it. So when you talked about, you know, the issue of a compass, it also brought to mind the issue of a map. Okay? So when you think of a compass, you think of a map. That's true. And we are talking about a map and a compass because it all has to do with direction and has to do with a journey. Okay? So, for instance, when I visit Abuja, I don't know a lot of Abuja. So I use the Google map. I use it all the time. And if you're using it in big cities that it's been used very often and a lot of enhancements have been done, you can hardly miss the way. What do I do? I plot into Google map where I am headed. That's the first, that's what you need. Where am I headed? And I put it there. Mm -hmm. And it calibrates itself and brings up the direction. And it doesn't just even show me the direction it speaks and says, go left, go right. right. In 300 meters, turn left. In 500 meters, go right. It's direction. What that means is that without that direction, I'm lost. Yeah. Without that direction, I lose time. Without that direction, I lose resources. Certainly. Without that direction, I am overwhelmed. I am tired. I'm fatigued. Imagine that charting a course for our life's journey is like that. That without a sense of direction, really, you are lost. You lose resources. You are stressed out. You, some, you are depressed, okay? 
Um, that's when thoughts of suicide comes and all of those funny things because there's no direction. And honestly, if you've been lost before, you know that losing your direction is not, is not a great thing and you don't want to be caught in that. And so I see charting a course as that sense of preparing yourself for the journey ahead. You know there's a journey and you are preparing yourself. You know that when I get to this point or you anticipate that when you get to this point in your life, this is where you should be headed. When I get to this point in my life, this is the kind of choices I should make. When I get to this point in my life, this is the kind of um, decisions I should take. So it's anticipating your journey. So it's, it's not just them. Um, charting a course is not just living by accident. Or it's I just living on purpose. It's living on purpose, actually. But you know, Toby, mm-hmm. these things, I mean, it's... I mean, just as you're saying them, mm-hmm. the very, the sheer weight of it is mm-hmm. coming right at me. Mm-hmm. The, the, the analogy is beautiful. The, the example is fantastic. It really makes a lot of sense. But day to day, it's tough. Almost, it is tough. It's really tough. I tell you. Because, I mean, at some point, I thought, oh, wow. I mean, I've really figured out my life. I figured out life. I understand what this thing is about. Mm-hmm. Then, boom, it hits you. That's right. Something unexpected happens. Or something expected does not happen. Or something expected happens at a time when it is not expected. <laughs> I mean, that's life. That's life. And then you just realize that, whoa, this thing didn't come with a user manual. It didn't mm-hmm. come with a, you know, right. you, it, some things just happen. But that's life. So there are things that you anticipate, there are things that you expect, Mm. but they don't always happen when you expect them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they don't happen at all. Sometimes the unexpected happens. Mm -hmm. These may even be things that, they're not out of the world. They are things that happen in life, generally speaking. But there's a very personalized sense in which when it happens to you, you need to navigate you need to figure out how to uh, go about these things. So it brings about crisis. That's right. A lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Crisis in your mind, mm-hmm. crisis, crisis, all sorts of crises. Your identity, mm-hmm. what you believe, mm. where you're at. I've had cause to personally ask myself in the last couple of years, I've had cause to ask myself over and over, where are you now? Mm. What are you doing? Where are you now on this journey? Where exactly are you? Is this where you should be? Should you be somewhere else? Those kind of things. And, you know, you find that it leads to a crisis. So let's, um, let's go in this direction. What are the crises of faith that you have noticed in our society today? Because these things bring about, is, is, is like, um, uh, how do I describe it? It's like many waters, you know, up against each other. And then there's just that turmoil. It's mental, it's physical, it's, it's all over. It's in the society, it's in the individual. So what are some of those crises of faith, especially now we're talking of crisis of faith, yeah. that you have noticed in the society, particularly as it relates to young people? Thank you, Nankwat. I, I must say that you've, you've beautifully, I mean, knitted the two issues together very beautifully. I mean, the charting a course and linking it to crisis. I, I don't really think I've really thought about that before, like how it really connects. But, you know, 
before I go to answer the issue of, um, you know, the crisis of faith, mm-hmm. one of the things you said, and you brought this to mind, is the fact that, you see, the movies we watch mm, and we enjoy a lot are movies with a lot of suspense. Yeah. So if a movie doesn't have suspense... Who likes to know what's happening next exactly. before it happens? Have you ever Nobody. sat next to somebody who has seen a movie before? Very annoying. It's very frustrating. <laughs> so before the lady opens the door in the movie, the guy tells you or the lady tells you that now he's going to open the door. I'm very like, can you just annoying. allow me to watch it? So, so when it's flat, it's boring. Yeah. When there's some suspense or some things that are not expected, it gets interesting. When you personalize that, it's it can be sad news or bad news for the person whose life you are watching. But really, the beauty in life is that some things happen unexpectedly. Some expected things do not happen. Somehow, some way, they, they are, those are opportunities to open new vistas for us in our lives and in our journeys, okay? So I'm saying that sometimes crisis, sometimes... Um, unexpected events, unanticipated events um, bring the beauty out of life. Yeah, that's true. It's like paradox, but it's true. It is It true. brings out the beauty out of life. It helps you to think in another direction. Oh, if I had done it this way, would it have worked? Or if I had done, or if this person were here, would this have been possible? And so one big secret for me is expect things that you do not plan. When I have that mindset that certain things will happen that I didn't plan for, it will shock me when they come, but the impact may not be as monumental, as heavy, heavy because you know that stuff happened. Yeah. Okay. So, for instance, well, we are living in Nigeria. I know people will be listening to this podcast outside the country, but we are living in Nigeria. And you know what it means when they say Nigeria happens to you. (laughs) Okay, so when Nigeria happens to you, you know that something has happened to you. Yeah. When, when Nigeria happening to you is that the circumstances within the context of Nigeria do not favor you. Yeah. All right. So you cannot be living in this kind of context and not expect the unexpected. That's the kind of, of thing course, I'm talking about. Of course. You cannot plan for a, a movie show in your house that you didn't plan for alternative power supply. Yeah. Then something's wrong. Thank you. Mm. alternative power supply right you, you know it just took uh what i was thinking just right out of my mind mm-hmm. so we're talking about the crisis that happens in life we're talking right. about crisis of faith right. the unexpected mm-hmm. things that you know pop up at you and we're talking about the nigerian context mm-hmm. so life in the spirit mm-hmm. is Life of this, I don't know why that's called life of the spirit or life in the spirit. Life in the spirit can be just as exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you have that backup power supply that right. you're talking about, right. it helps you to accommodate the unexpected. That's right. So if you have the power reserve, that mm-hmm. reserve, that unused power, you may not even, I mean, this is not a physical thing. It's not like you have a stash somewhere kept. That's right. But by, by, by the habits that you have cultivated, by the way you live your life, you are able to store up a supply of energies in the spirit right. that when the unexpected happens, somehow you're able to draw up strength. Strength. You're able to draw up not just strength, direction mm-hmm. 
focus, you are able to recalibrate. That's right. You know, it's like when you're using Google Map mm-hmm. and you take a wrong turn, yeah. it starts to recalibrate. Right. It will reroute you, tell you, okay, this is how long you, you have to go this way, take a turn here. So you're able to to uh, you're able to do that sort of a thing in your life when you have this reserve energy that is available when you live life in the spirit. I, Sorry to cut you short. No, it's fantastic. I agree with you totally. And you know, that also forms a basis for this issue of crisis of faith. The only way that we can achieve this description you've just given is when our crisis around our faith is resolved. Sure. So for me, I see crisis of faith as that turbulence, as that imbalance between our faith and our experience. Is that that imbalance between what our faith says and what we experience? Um, it's that point where you come to and you begin to question your faith. You begin to question the very essence of what you believe. I don't know if if it has happened to you before now, but there are times that I really ask myself, could this be true? Sure. You know, and you know, it's very easy to blame Eve in the Garden of Eden, very easy to blame her. But if we, some of us were in that conversation, will we really have escaped? Because they were convincing things that the serpent said to Eve that it would take a it would take a, a deeper understanding and knowledge of what the issues are to be able to say no to them. So the crisis of faith is the shaking in what we believe versus what we're experiencing versus what we are hearing other people say. And so the some of those issues, and they, they are varied issues now quite that the crisis of faith express themselves in. For instance, in the issue of identity, um, a lot of young folks do not even know who they are. Sure. Sadly, they don't know whose they are. And if you cannot first settle whose you are, you cannot know who you are. Because whose you are determines who you are. So, while we agree that these are real-life conversations, we're also saying that they are spiritually discerned. And what I mean by that is, I'm hoping that a listener is not thinking, ah, you people have come with this spiritual talk again, you know? These are the real issues. What shapes the world is ideas, philosophies, opinions, things like these conversations. In fact, that's why the Bible was saying that casting down imaginations. Yeah. It means that imaginations... Is that's what I think it was Glow or some 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 company that said ideas rule the world or something? I think it was. It is glow. ideas that rule the world. It's imagination. It's thought patterns. So when a group of people come together and have a thought pattern and say we will build something that reaches to the heavens, it was an idea before it materialized into sand and cement and straw and wood. So it's first about ideas. What is, who are you and whose are you? Um, so we find a lot of conflicting opinions about our identity. And we believe that God is the last resort. We believe that God should not even, should, God is not your go-to person. He's the last resort. We only talk of God when we're talking about our parents or old people. Mm-hmm. That's when God is involved. Mm-hmm. But when young people are having conversations Let's not spiritualize this matter. You know, Lankwa, let's not spiritualize this matter. Let's let's be real. Let's be real. Let's be real. 
But the question is, what other reality is greater than a reality that there's a God that made you and he made you for a purpose? So the, 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 the crisis of who am I is a major crisis right now. And that's why um, a young guy will say to his dad or mom that I want to be a girl. You understand? Or a young lady will say, I want to be a boy. Or a group of persons will say, I don't, I no longer have affection for a girl. I have affection for a boy or for males or for females now. So um, that is ideas. And those things begin to grow in your mind and you begin to do them. It's not because you were made to be gay. That's not the point. Because that's a theory, you know, that's, that's an argument. Yes, that's, that's not the that's point. An argument. The point is that I make up my mind that I want to be wealthy. Once my mind is made up, Nankwat, it sends a signal to my brain and registers it there. What it means is that even my body pursues wealth. Of course. What I've registered in my mind, my body follows. You know, just to to add to that, I mean, you're, 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 I completely agree with you. Uh, crisis of identity mm -hmm. and it's all encompassing you can see that it affects literally everything everything that we do day to day we do what we do because of who we are mm -hmm. on the inside That's right. who we believe we are That's right. whose we are like you said so uh, a, a passage of scripture comes to mind mm. uh, at the last supper right. the bible says that Jesus, knowing that he was from the Father mm. and that he was going to return to the Father soon, took off his robe and got a towel and wrapped it around his waist mm. and bent down That's right. to wash their feet. It looks like such a contrast, mm -hmm. but he washed his disciples' feet because he knew that he was from the Father. That's right. And that he was going back to, to the, the Father. Father. So his identity was so cast in himself. Right. It didn't look like a degradation to him. Mm -hmm. Actually, it didn't feel to him like he was doing anything that was less than himself. That's right. He knew the essence of who he was. Mm -hmm. That was why he could do what he did. So everything that we do as young people, I mean everything, everything Toby, everything everything, 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 Toby. So right now, it's uh, I, I see I see a lot of memes mm -hmm. online that tend to put certain issues in. It's it's just a subtle. Uh, a subtle, how do I say, spread of a philosophy. So I see work-related memes that paint work as a bore, as a, as a, a joy killer, you know, this thing that we are cursed to do. Mm -hmm. You know, you see memes with sad faces, people going to work on Monday. Mm -hmm. you, you see memes talking about that annoying co-worker who mm -hmm. is always ready for every task. Mm -hmm. These are, I mean, these are the ideologies. These are That's the philosophies. Right. You right. see, you see memes talking about um, putting love in a certain, in a certain perspective, like um, a guy saying, "I, I don't have money for love," mm -hmm. or stuff <laughs> like, uh, "You cannot buy wig," mm -hmm. and you say you are a man. You know, like, what's the relationship? Exactly. So you see these things out there. So they, they and then as believers. 
you're jolted by these things. Mm. They are gradually spreading philosophies That's at right. you. They are saying things to you. They are, and you, you start to wonder, who are you? Right. Because if you have not settled this all-important issue, you can't of make who you are. In chatting a course no, you can't that. chat a course. Absolutely. You can't chat a course. Absolutely. All these issues will be up at you and you'll get lost in the maze of them. You you'll be trying to adopt this philosophy and adopt that one, and this one is trending and the other one is happening. But you must have the anchor within you, the capacity within you to filter them and to chart your course. That's right. To understand that this is who I am. This is where I'm headed. So, uh, no, this one. Yeah, it sounds funny. You can laugh at it. Mm-hmm. But you drop it because you know that, no, this is not consistent with who That's I am. Right. So I completely agree with you, Toby, that right. one of the major, major crises of faith is identity. Right. Who are you? Who's are you? And it comes with a whole lot of other who's. A lot. A whole lot of other, not just who's, W questions. Mm-hmm. Who are you? Who's are you? What are you here for? Why, Why are you here? here? I mean, that's, that's in short, that's like, that's like the core. That's, that's the, the core. essence. That's, that's the, the essence of who you are. That's the core. Yeah, Someone says, thank you, Nankwa, for sharing. Someone said that the, the most important question is not what, is why. It's not what, is why. I mean, it's cheap to answer what. Everybody can answer what. Everybody can answer what. Everybody can answer what. For instance, um, if if your neighbor's house was broken into and everybody gathered there early in the morning, what is that the house was broken into? Right? Why? Why? We can't answer that's, it. That's the one we can't Very answer. recently, we had an ugly experience in my house. A young lady comes in, opens the door forcefully. Our oh, neighbor wow. had to stay on her neck and called me from the office. I had to drive down with my wife. I had to get the military to go into the house before she had escaped through the back door. Wow. What happened? Our house was broken into. Why? We cannot explain. Nankwa, the why question is the most important of all the questions. And the most difficult if you ask me. And that's why I believe that the youth ministry has brought up this conversation of chatting a course because it's about why. But let, let's not sound all gloomy here. Yeah. Uh, as, as, as a comfort of some sort, because yes. I've comforted myself in this manner at different points in my life, right. telling myself that I will always be asking why. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you ask once and then you are able to answer why mm-hmm. and then you, all the pieces fall in place and you, right. you have it all figured out together. No, you keep asking why at this stage, why at the next stage? Why at the other stage? So you may figure out some whys and then you still have other whys to figure out mm-hmm. and you have other whys to figure out. So don't let any listener feel, wow, my life is a mess. I don't have it all together. No, no, no. So you may have answered some of the questions about the essence of who you are, why you are here and what you need to be doing with your life. Then you would still need to keep on asking yourself. Asking. It's a very healthy experience. That's right. You keep asking yourself as time goes on, then there are some points that are very remarkable in your life where you need to sit back and do like a thorough assessment and ask all over again. And then you flow with it and it will carry you up to a certain point. Then you have to sit back and ask again. So we don't sound also gloomy like we have the entire picture of our lives no, no, and the no, whole of life all. put together. No. So these things come in, in, bits, and in pieces. bits and pieces. Absolutely. Exactly. They do. In bits and pieces. And Nankwad, 
to agree with you, we must all, every one of us, must keep asking why, right? We need to keep asking why. So what is gloomy, Nankwat, is when we don't ask why at all. Certainly, certainly. But as, as long as you're asking why, you get answers. So our identity is crucial. Crucial. In understanding or in weathering the storms of the crisis of our faith. Who are you? Um, I think at this point it's important for us to say that there are two major kingdoms that we find ourselves in or in between. There's the kingdom of God and there's the kingdom of the devil or the kingdom of darkness. Of darkness. And it, is very, it has very strong allies like the kingdom of this world. Those are allies of the kingdom of darkness. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's interesting to know now quite that I have not always had this had this understanding, but as I began to grow and get better in my work with the Lord, and I discovered that you cannot. There's no fence. Yes. In this kingdom experience, there's no fence. You either belong to the kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness. Now you may not be in the depths of the kingdoms, but, but you are definitely in, on one side. On one side, most definitely. And you, you know can what? There is a contention. Between. On the side of both kingdoms. And that's the reality. And it boils down to everything. It boils down to everything. That contention every is in every choice. Thing, it's every in choice. every dilemma. It's in every 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 uh, uh, situation that comes up at you. Every. It's, it's always there. So um, let me pick up on one thought you had shared. Yes. You talked about, I mean, what we've talked about so far as a yes. crisis of faith is mm-hmm. essentially an identity crisis. Yes. But we also said that it emanates from a disconnect. Uh, is it a disconnect? Okay. Or an inability to to put together your experiences mm-hmm. and, your faith. and your faith. So how how do we respond to these to this crisis and to these several other crises that comes our way? How do we connect? our experiences, and our faith. So because there are a lot of young people out there, yeah. there's a disconnect. Right. They've heard about God. They have said the sinner's prayer. They're doing all they can, okay? They're doing all they can. They are trying to... Um, they are trying to to read their Bibles, to mm-hmm. pray, to... To, let me put it this way, to do the God thing, yeah. you know, but th- how? But then things are happening around them. Yeah. And the church is not helping matters, mm-hmm. you see, because mm-hmm. they're also seeing people who are believers, mm-hmm. quote and unquote, or who are in church, and they can't seem to just connect the faith and the experience thing. So how do we respond to these issues? How do we come to a point where we're able to tie what we believe to what we experience. How do you navigate that? How do you navigate that? Um, before I before I come up to you, uh, yeah. let me just throw in a few thoughts. Please do. So again, the compass thing. Yeah. The compass thing comes to my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I I may refer to this compass thing over and over again in That's this right. in this discussion. So it's the compass. You remember I was saying that it is it's 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 fixed. Mm-hmm. It's rigid. It's unchanging. 
And that compass, as far as life is concerned, is the yeah. word of God. Right. It's the word of God. Yeah. Even for the identity crisis, yeah. the issue of who I am, why am I here, what am I to do, the why question, all of it is discernible from the Bible. Now, some listener may say, ha, shoo, this same Bible, mm-hmm. is it such a thing? Oh, yes, it's a big Absolutely. deal. It is Absolutely. a big deal. So, it always points to the true north. Right, that's right. That's the bottom line. It always points to the true north. So, when we talk about the response, what response will you give mm-hmm. in, in solving this crisis, in bringing a connect between your faith and your experiences? I'd say it's the word of God. Right. It has been absolutely, absolutely helpful for me personally. In short, there's no believer that I know that has a vibrant, ongoing work with God. There's no believer who I have encountered or who I look up to that has not maintained the word of God as his or her compass. Mm -hmm. So when stuff happens... When Nigeria happens to you, as Toby said, (laughs) when Nigeria happens to you, or when life happens, that's reserve energy. Mm -hmm. It's always in the word. Mm -hmm. So you see, the word points you in the direction that you should go. Whatever it is you want to talk about, whether it's marriage, it's love, it's job, it's faith. So what does the Bible say about who you are? Mm -hmm. That's, right. That's where you go to figure it out. That's right. What does the Bible say about just just literally any and everything, everything. including your response to articles you read on the internet, jokes you, you 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 read about, conversations you have, people you run into. Right. That is the compass that should that should be your bearing. That's that right. should be the point from which you assess and relate with every other thing. So it's so so important to discern for yourself. I'm not talking about memory verses, John 3.16, you know, those stuff that you know. I'm talking about coming to a position in life. So, for instance, I I know I can ask you too because I've known you for, well, I've known you for as long as... As long as many For as as long as... So, but how, if I I ask you now, what is your, what's your idea about work? Mm -hmm. I can almost be certain that you're not going to quote scriptural passages for me. No, not necessarily. But you're going to put a position. You're going to explain to me a position that you have discerned as a result of your exposure to scripture. That's right. If I ask you, how do you relate with your wife, AY? What defines your relationship? You're going to tell me stuff that you have achieved as, this is my understanding, this is my position, and you have gleaned it on account of your experience and your exposure right. with the word. That's right. This is so important. to be. I, can, I don't know how else I can say it, Thank but God. let me Let me, let me add to it so that, so that you, I will, just to express how important it is, Okay, so the first thing is you took it right out of my mouth, <laughs> the word. But before we get to that point, I was talking about two kingdoms. Yes. And I want to safely land on that issue because it's important. So you cannot sit on the fence. You need to realize what kingdom you belong to first and how you know is your fruit, what yeah. you do. Because there is no way that you can show a fruit, a real fruit of another kingdom 
and you belong to another. Like apples so, can bear guavas, right? They cannot. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's even interesting, even beyond fruit. Now, looking at the leaves of a tree, you can tell what tree it is. Sure. And what fruit it will drop. Yeah. So you need, I need to first assess myself. What kingdom do I belong to? Do I really belong to the kingdom of Jesus, God's dear son, whom he truly loves? Because that's the kingdom that is eternal, that gives you eternal life. That's the kingdom that gives you real joy. You remember fruit of the spirit now. Sure. Those are the fruit of that, this kingdom we're talking about. And I want our listeners to just see the reality of this conversation we're having. I wish I could share a, a, quite a number of examples to bring home the point we are making. The fact that we're not just talking about religious stuff. We are talking about real life in Christ, in this kingdom, that brings true wealth, that brings true promotion, that brings, that brings goodies of life, that brings honor, that brings joy, that brings peace. It's real, Nankwat. It's real. So in the, in the kingdom of God, the constitution for that kingdom is the word of God. It's what, it's what guides our modus operandi. That's, that's, that's really it. So, the kingdom of God is the compass, like you have said. And I'm joining my voice to say that that's the basis for your decision. That's the basis for what you do. It's the basis for your interactions. It's the basis for your decisions. I'm a development worker. I work with an NGO. I've worked with quite a number in recent years. I've worked in different fields, humanitarian development, different sectors. And I have gotten offers and turned some of them down. Because I just believed that it wasn't God's timing. Hmm. And I did not do that to honor something else. It's to honor the word of God and the person of God because he leads and I follow. So if you are not buried in the word, if you are not, I'm not saying I'm buried in the word like that, like that. <laughs> but I'm saying that there is a consciousness that I have, right? That I'm not just working for money. Look, now quite early 2021, last year, I got a call from Abuja, and the call was that, look, the person that called me said, I'm looking at CVs in my hand now, and all these CVs, none of them can deliver this work. But I know you, we work together in Yobe. I know you can deliver this. Are you available? Now, quite for a long time, after I got this job, that's two years plus, I thought about that option. I called my wife, I said, there's a problem. She said, what's going on? <laughs> I told her. This point of calling my wife is another position from the world. Of Many course. people will not call their wife sure. because I feel I'm the head of the home. What am I? I just tell her, moreover, it's not bad news. It's also a position. So I called her and she said, okay, let's pray about it. I prayed about it. Then I called my mentor. It's also from the word of God. Sure. Honor and having spiritual leadership, headship over your life. Those, so I'm, I'm giving instances of how the word is guiding me. So it's not like, Namka is saying, it's not like saying, okay, John 3, 16, this is what the Bible says. So what does it mean to your everyday life? Exactly. How, how has the knowledge of the word of God translated into taking decisions that honor God? That's the point we're That's making. That's the point. So I call one of my mentors and he says to me, he said, Toby, calm down. <laughs> He said, you know the way God does it. I said, I know, sir. I said, even me, I know that this opportunity just looks good. It's not really it. But I'm still considering the, the human being in me wants it. <laughs> I'm telling you that it was a role that I would have been supervising maybe six states. Wow. And it was a big deal. It was a UN grant. It was a wow. big deal. Wow. Quart, I called the guy. And I said, I'm sorry. I can't leave here now because it's not time to move. He said he understands. Wow. Look. 
you people wouldn't have known. You had just heard that I moved to Abuja yeah. and I'm doing well. The next time I come into town, maybe I'll be driving a mad vehicle. You guys mm-hmm. are like, God is at work. Mm-hmm. Or you even say, Toby, how far? And I say, say God is faithful. Brother. I'll say, God is faithful. <laughs> but deep down inside of me, I know that I don't have peace. Yes. Deep down inside of me, I know that there are issues. Nankwa, this kingdom is guided by the word of God. Yeah. And so the next thing I want to say in response is that know God for yourself. Know God for yourself. Know the word. Understand that this kingdom runs on principles. This kingdom runs on principles. You know, when you, this idea came when you were sharing about, you know, Jesus bent down, took off his, washed disciples' feet and all that. If you look at God's kingdom well, it is almost at complete variance with the kingdom of darkness. Sure. I give you an instance. In the kingdom of God, the way to get is to give. Certainly. In the kingdom of darkness, the way to get is to take. In the kingdom of God, the way to grow up is to go down. It's, these scriptures are littered with these sort of paradoxes. Yes. So if you don't understand sort of that this is the principle of this kingdom, you, you will be in crisis. In fact, you are in crisis. Because if you don't understand honor, for instance, the principle of honor, you will take for granted people that have been a blessing to you. You will take for granted your parents who have the secrets of blessings. You will take for granted a lot of things. So you, we need to also understand. So our response to this crisis of our faith, I'm telling you, is that you need to understand that this kingdom we're talking about operates on principles. And learn the principles. Know the principles. For instance, there's the principle of timing. Mm-hmm. Don't say that because the guy went to Lagos and hit it. I will also go to Lagos when he went and hit it. There's a, there's a principle of location. Yeah. You know, I remember a young person in EPC telling me a few years ago, that was when we were using a particular software to record audio messages in church, the service. And the guy said, I should please come and teach him how to use this software. And I'll say, okay, good. But why are you so desperate to learn it? That he wants to learn it before so, so time. So I said, ah, why are you so desperate? He said, well, he wants to go to Lagos. I said, wow. aha, interesting. <laughs> so I asked, why do you want to go to Lagos? He says that he wants to go and blow, basically. That was the idea. <laughs> he wants to be producing music and he knows that Lagos is the go-to place. Hmm. Now, I don't want the listener to get me wrong. I'm not saying that don't go to a place that is viable for your endeavor. No. I'm saying let it be God leading you to go. Bottom so the question line. I asked him is, do you even hear God speak to you? Do you, when God is speaking, do you know? He looked at me, he said, no. So I knew that there was work to do, but I just found a way to just encourage. I said, I said, just think about it, but I don't think you should go to Lagos. It's not for you like right now. Guess what? He goes to Lagos, but he comes back in less than two months. So when I saw him in church, I'm like, guy, what are you doing here now? The guy said, man, that guy, that man, Uncle Toby, it's not funny. He's back. <laughs> so I said, I, I, was, that, I was trying to tell you I'm not saying don't go to Lagos, but I'm saying that that environment, you can only truly, really prosper there when you know who you are and when you can hear God's voice say, move here, don't move here, all right? So these things guide us to overcome the different crises. There are even issues, right, that are not even about the kingdom of darkness directly, but they are influenced by them. Yes. I'm talking about doctrinal issues. Issues that 
are still we have conflicting ideas about them even in the church exactly so i was going to i, I mean i wanted you to land mm-hmm. and i was going to say well yes we've said all these beautiful things about the word of god being the compass and then there are principles and guidelines and all of that but there are times when it kind of looks gray mm-hmm. you know there are things that, you know, this set of people say, no, it's like this. And this other set of people say, no, 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 no. You know, it's not like this. And then some young people are stuck in the middle, you know, in the middle of the crisis. Right. Wondering, <laughs> which, <laughs> wondering which side to fall into. So sometimes stuff like that happen. Right. How do you... And, and you find uh, people, believers, who say, well, it depends on how you look at it. Mm, that's well, very dangerous. Well, it, de- <laughs> it depends on how you look at it. I, yeah, there's an analogy. There's an analogy that I'm sure a lot of our listeners have mm. heard it, you mm. know, of the three, letter, if you, of yeah. the letter three, depends on which side you're standing. It could be a three, it could be an M, it, it could be, be a w. w, it could be, what, what, what are, it could be an mm. E, you know. So, what are we what are we talking about here that essentially to give it a more technical name is yeah. relativism Absolutely. you call it That's for what, what it is, is. Yes. it's relativism depending on depending the way you look on at the it way you look at it yes so uh there is that clearly clearly there is a position of scripture right. for everything there is a position of scripture and it does not depend on the way you look at it I'm sorry, yeah. but it does not depend on the way you look at it. The north will always be the north. It doesn't matter where you are facing. It doesn't matter where you are facing. So, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to some of our listeners if this sounds a bit um, rigid because I know when you take positions of that nature these days, you're called rigid, you're called unyielding. But without, without an unyielding, rigid center, mm-hmm. Other things would not be able to they hold. Can't hold. Last, last, Toby, when it boils down to the issues of life, right. when the boat rocks, there must be something fixed and unyielding at the center to be able to hold it together. If you do not have an unyielding fixed center, when stuff happens, when life happens, when issues happen, and you don't have that unyielding center, it will not hold together. That's depending on the way you look at it will not be able to keep you. Having said that, however, mm-hmm. there are varied expressions mm-hmm. of these principles when it comes to day-to-day living, day-to-day life. Right. We're not all going to be in a box. Mm-hmm. We're not all going to be like robots saying mm-hmm. the same thing, doing the same thing. We're not all going to remain in jaws. We're not all going to... No, no, no. That's not the way it's going to happen. So... When, if, when it boils down to day-to-day life, the choices we make, within the fixed parameters of the Word of God, there'll be varied expressions. Of course. So some of us will always still be more ambitious than mm-hmm. others. Absolutely. Some of us will be more talkative than others. Some of us will be more go-getters than others. Some of us will be more conservative than others. I'm not just talking about temperamental differences, but even in the kind of choices we make mm-hmm. and in the responses we have to the situations that come at us. 
we will always be different, provided that these fixed parameters set by the word of God are guiding us, are anchoring us. So within that fixed parameter, so many things are still possible. Mm -hmm. Yes, so Absolutely. many things are still possible. And um, life is still, it's, it's not, it's, it's a lie of the devil to paint uh, life in the spirit as a boring, a mm. uh, uh, boring life devoid of exciting experiences, devoid of um, of um, how do you put it? Devoid of um, the rush, you know, the exhilarating mm -hmm. uh, excitement, the joy of living, the fun. I mean, Toby, you and I, we've you had a lot of <laughs> we've had a lot of fun times. We've have, 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 have our listeners never had joy in the Holy Ghost? Joy in the <laughs> like Holy it's Ghost. Real, it's real joy. It's real, real joy. Yes. Look, I discovered Nankwad that many. If you look, if you read the stories of a lot of celebrities, those we call celebrities, and people ah. who are living good lives, they are depressed people. They're I'm empty. not saying that there are no happy celebrities. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that because of the choices they make, in fact, the, the fact that Christ is not in you is enough reason to be devoid of joy. And that's the reality. So if you mm. think that you've had joy all your life without Christ, not joy you've had, that means you've not even really tested it. You know, sometime back, I I had a certain so this is a personal example. Mm -hmm. I had a certain I have a certain classmate, mm -hmm. and I was I was just looking at this fellow, and in my mind I'm like, God, I'm serving you. What what am I? Why is my own life like? Why this? is it, <laughs> is it not the same classroom that me and this person sat down in? But mm -hmm. the guy was just changing car after car, and it looks like he was living the life, wow. you know. Wow. And I was like. God, <laughs> I'm God. I was like God. I know you work with timing. I am. I'm, I. I know that I'm trusting you. You're building my faith, but but well, by now, time <laughs> And the Lord asked me, if I were to, if if you were offered His kind of life mm. with the things that He has, mm. would you take it? Wow. And it just hit me like a thunderbolt. No, I can't live like that. Exactly. I, I can't. I, I won't choose to live like that. Exactly. Well, to cut a long story short, mm -hmm. after several issues started to surface about the fellow, I, I went back to God and I said, God, forgive me. You know, mm. I'm just human. We judge by what we see. That's right. But that joy, that mm -hmm. life, yes. and the abundance of it, yes. It's, it's exciting. It is. It's interesting. It so is. just a few more thoughts before we wrap up. Yeah. What can young people do? In practical terms now, what can we say to our listeners? Look, in charting a course, you can do this. You, not just in charting any course, mm -hmm. but if you want to chart a beautiful course, you want to chart a proper course, a course that at the end of life, you would... Um, see a beautiful pattern. You'd see uh, an amazing picture. A life worth living. A course that others can emulate and follow. What can young people do in making plans for the future? What can young people do? Okay. Um, we have a number of hanging things. But we'll go there. No, please. I, let's not leave them hanging. Yes. Let's, let's tidy those up before we... Yes. I just wanted to, because I raised an issue about, you know, doctrinal things. 
Yes. And some of the confusion that they also bring, especially mm-hmm. to us as young people, um, also to us as people going within sometimes the evangelical circles, there are challenges with some of the doctrines, you know, and all that. And the secret is still what you've said. Read that word yourself mm-hmm. and let God show you what it says. Mm-hmm. All right? So if, for instance, if all the justification you can give to me about a lady not putting on trousers is that Deuteronomy passage that says a man should not wear what a woman should wear, <laughs> then I'm going to ask you that why do you combine two different materials together? <laughs> why do you do mixed cropping? Because, because they're all, they all in the all same there. portion. So, yeah. so the real cultist is that person that takes the word of God, the true word of God, and manipulates it for their own use and benefit. But if you can convince me beyond that to say that this is why God is taking this position, it's fantastic. So the point I'm making is that even in those gray areas, of our faith, that we need to anchor what we believe on what the Word of God says. Not my pastor said the Bible says. Not my spiritual father said the Bible says. Is that the Bible says this. So, having said that, back to the analogy of the letter E and the three and all that you said, the question is not what is written. The question is what was written. By the person. By the person. You should ask, it's not what do you see. Is what was written. The question wrote is not, it. yeah, someone and wrote it. A particular the thing question the is wrote. not what do you see. The question is what, what did was they, what was written. What did the person exactly. intend when the person wrote it? Exactly. It's the same thing that will help you answer questions. Now we know we're talking about practical things. It's the same thing that will help you answer day-to-day questions. Even marriage. Because some of our listeners can find themselves in contexts where um, this issue of lesbianism and homosexuality is really, and even right now in our context, is beginning to hold sway. Yeah. And you are wondering, what, but what's wrong with it? What is wrong with it is the fact that the person that instituted marriage did not write that. The person who wrote it, and the context in which the person who wrote it was between a man and a woman. Yeah. So to discern the will of God, I'm saying, is that you need to ask the question, why was this thing created in the first place? I think it was Ravi Zacharias or so that said that before you pull down a fence, pause long enough to ask why it was put there in the first place. Mm-hmm. All right? So before you bring down an idea, ask yourself, why was it there in the first place? And what did God really intend from the beginning? What was his idea? God's truth is the only truth. What he said about a matter is what it is. So that applies to any aspect of life. Ask yourself, what is God's idea about this matter? What's God's will about this matter? Again, I'm saying understand principles, right? Understand principles and work with those principles. Honor principles. The world is run by principles. It's not run by miracles. It's not run by law, by other. It's run by principles. I also want to encourage our listeners, one practical way I found very useful in my experience in chatting a course, it looks unconnected, but it's real. Have good relationships. Yes. Have good relationships. It's not unconnected at all. It's connected, yeah? It's very connected. Have good relationships. Be be valuable. Be valuable. Always give value. Don't be around the space and people, if they are looking for who to retrench in your office, let it not be you. If they are looking for members of the team to ask to leave, let it not be you. Be valuable. The reason is because when you have good relationships and you are very relational, people will do anything to get you. 
People will do anything to have you. Let me tell you, employers will do anything to keep you. Yeah. There are people that came to our organization as volunteers. Believe you me, just because of relationship, they got the job. There are people that did not write <clears throat> interviews in many organizations. In fact, they, they, told they got the job before they submitted their CV. Do you know that that's my experience twice? Twice. I remember, you, you, I believe most people know I worked with the church cooperative after a yeah. while. It was after I had worked for about over a year that late Uncle Ajiga, who was a secretary of the board, called me to say, what are the things you usually do? Let me write your job description. <laughs> because the things that were initially set out were so limited in the, in the scope of what the job really was as I demonstrated it. The point I'm making, as I'm using myself as an example, is to show that some of these things are practicable mm -hmm. and you can do them. So make yourself valuable. Be, be relational. Even if you have a terrible boss, have an amazing way to connect with him or her. You will need it. You get why? You get why? Make yourself relational. See, even in, in, choosing, in getting married, nobody wants to marry a monster. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to marry a nagging guy or a nagging lady. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to marry an unkempt person. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to marry someone who is not valuable. Mm -hmm. And all of these things we are saying, are, we are gleaning them from scripture. Sure. So we are saying that it, you, can, you can practically chart a course for your life when you make scripture your point of reference. And when you uphold the principles that scripture promotes. Be relational. The last thing I want to say, so be relational. Uh, know God for yourself. Be relational. Um, add value. Be valuable. Add value. Be valuable. The fourth and the last thing is have an accountability partner or a group. Very important. I give you an instance. When my wife and I saw the way married li marriage life was going, we were like, hmm. If <laughs> if we are not in an accountability group, it'd be like saying we'll, we'll survive this thing. <laughs> so what did we do? For real, what did we do? We set up a couples fellowship. We invited couples and we'll be meeting for three years. The point is that know-how, know-how for one of those meetings, eh, we go to encourage ourselves. Yeah. You will know that someone will say something that will be like, ah, so it's not only me that is feeling like this. Yeah. And it's helped us. If you are not married, look for someone. I don't encourage you to get an opposite sex, but look for someone that is your sex because it's easier to be objective that way. If you are with the opposite sex, we are not, we are, we are not robots. Nankwata, we robots. <laughs> we even married too. people. I'm telling you, even married people. When <laughs> you say, hey, married, opposite sex married is my accountability. You are not accountability anything. <laughs> what? Because you account for you, something you else. account for something else. <laughs> it's our hormones that will be directing the accounting. Okay? So I'm saying for objective accountability, look for someone that is same side and say, look, on this issue, on this set of issues, let's have conversations around it. And I found it very helpful personally. And I know many people, young people, even in EPC, that have, that have had those kind of relationships. I have had, even with older folks in this church, yeah. who I gave an instance of a mentor, right? It's part of the accountability. Someone, someone that I cannot just take a decision without letting them know. No. It's not like they have ownership of your life. No. But they, their life has progressed to a point that they can make valuable inputs to guide your journey. I believe that these are practical things that can help young people in charting a course. Please know who you are, know whose you are, know God for yourself, know the word for yourself, be relational, 
be valuable, very crucial, be valuable, then have accountability groups. That, that will really add value to your life. Do you know, I have nothing useful to add to this list. Frankly, these are time-tested principles because we are all on this journey together, right? That's right. Uh, we only have, perhaps the only privilege we have is being born in time earlier mm -hmm. than that some of else. our listeners. That's perhaps the only privilege that we have. But then we also have those who were born in time ahead of us. That's right. And they also have those who were born in time ahead of okay. them. And we have seen by observation, we have seen by experience over and over that these are the set of these are the set of principles that have produced results. these results that we are seeing. Exactly. So if we have the privilege of uh, being in Christ, you know, millennia down mm -hmm. the line, being in Christ, uh, let, me, let me say at this time where there are several other people that mm -hmm. have run mm -hmm. this race, that have charted this course right. and have left for us a set of principles mm -hmm. that we can say are time-tested, they are proven, they work. Right. I mean, what else do we have to say? I have nothing useful to add to it. They are time-tested, they work, they are beautiful, and I'll just encourage all our listeners out there to take it to heart and... Okay, so let's have um, closing remarks. Can we do that? Okay, That's so, right. Yeah. That's right. So thank you, Nankwat. I'd like to conclude this way, and I'd like to read Third John 2. Uh, sometimes, you know, because of how we have been brought up, Nankwa, do you know that sometimes, even when God brings opportunities your way, you think it's a sin. <laughs> we, have been taught to, to, we, have, we have been brought up to think that, for instance, wealth is a problem. Or mm -hmm. those that are wealthy are doing something nasty. Mm -hmm. It's not a correct... And that's what we're saying. It's against what the Bible teaches. teaches yeah. And so on, on that basis, I want to share Third John 2. Because I know that in this phase of our life as young people, we're struggling with making ends meet. We're struggling with a lot of reality. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as, as your, your soul, soul prospers. prospers. It has, it has, it's quite instructive. So in case our listener is confused, someday, maybe not now, someday you have a lot of opportunity, you are in a position, you have resources, you have wealth, and maybe there's a part of you that feels as if you are not doing well with God. How you will know is what Third John 2 says. It says that if your, if your well-being, your health, your wealth, and all that comes with it, is growing and your soul is not diminishing. You are in the plan of God. Yeah. But if your wealth is growing, your health is growing, your well-being is improving and your soul, your soul is, is diminishing, it's not, not prospering, then you know that something is wrong. It's a powerful scripture and I hope that it can be instructive even for our dear listeners to know that God's will is for me to prosper. God's will is for me to advance. God's will is for me to do well. God's will is for me to weather the storms of life. God's will is for me to have money. But it is to an end that my soul is also prospering and that the kingdom of heaven is advancing. 
And I pray that our listeners will find this useful and their lives will be really, really blessed. Amen. And I also just pray that John 2 for all our listeners, that our souls will prosper Amen. even as everything round about us prospers. So, thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Yes, it was a pleasure. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Hello, everyone. I'm pretty sure you enjoyed our show today. Please spread the word about our podcast with your friends and loved ones so that they too can be blessed, okay? That being said, please tune in to our podcast same time next week. Until then, I'm your boy, Godfrey Ali, wishing you all the best in life. Bye. Bye.